Welcome to episode 3 of The Perfect Cast. I'm Jack. And I'm Lisa. This week we're discussing TV, The Crown and Nailed It. And in films we discuss Frozen 2 and The Irishman. We also play movie slogans. What have you been watching this week? Um, so I have actually started season three of The Crown. Okay. I say that like you weren't there, but <laughs> you were sat next to me. <laughs> so I haven't seen series one or two of The Crown. Yeah, because you weren't keen on the posh accents. I just, I, I'm not that fussed about the royal family. Well, neither am I. Like, um, I, I don't dislike the royal family, mm-hmm. but I don't have an opinion on them. I don't follow them. I don't particularly care about them. Right. They're just here. Yeah. And we've got them, so they don't bother me. Yeah, I'm not okay. one of the people who gets like, upset by them, because some people get offended by them. But No, yeah, I mean, I don't get offended. I just, um, they, I just don't see why they have to be news all the time. But it is what it I is. Think it, I think the people who get excited by them are people not from the UK. Yeah. I think they are a tourist attraction. Well, yeah. But The Crown, it's it's a it's a drama, but actual fact. Fact. It's yeah. our history, and it's really interesting to see what the Queen has had to go through, and how she became Queen, and how she's had to struggle through different times in our history. Yeah. But this season is a different season because they changed all of the actors because it's based like twenty years or oh, okay. so in the future. I didn't realize it was that far of a jump. It, it may not be. Maybe. 10. It might be 10. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's 10. They, they premise it with the, the two different stamps, the one of Claire Foy and the one of Olivia Colman. Yeah. And then they say, yeah. well, someone who's had four children. So in whatever space of time, she had four children yeah. and obviously aged during that process yeah. as well as so, getting older. <clears throat> so I've really looked forward to this series. I really loved the first few seasons with like Claire Foy. Foy. Yeah. Um, and I, I really, really like Olivia Colman. And I think the world is finally getting onto the fact that she's a really good actress and she can do lots of different styles of acting. Yeah. Um, although, like, I am only three episodes in. Yeah. But I am completely invested in the series. So we watched the first three together. Yes. The first two were sort of introducing us to the new actors. Yeah, the new actors playing those roles. And how we've got a new prime minister and this, that and the other. And I was saying to to you the other day that like I don't know anything about our prime Both ministers. Both of us. Uh, our, our political knowledge knowledge starts with Tony Blair. Yeah. Because that was around the I age don't know about Winston Churchill. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. And Margaret Thatcher. So big, big controversial yeah. prime ministers. Yeah, we know but anyone... Before Tony Blair, that aren't them too. I have no idea. Yeah, well, that's. I know. I was saying to you last night that I know more about American presidents than I do our own prime ministers. <laughs> Again, though, that's like on the premise of controversy, where something I don't like big has happened. Well, I, I know Teddy Roosevelt because the reason that teddy bears are called teddy bears is because of Teddy Roosevelt. Right. Well, okay. So that's <laughs> yeah, but there's a story behind. <laughs> no, that. I know. And Robin Williams played him in Night at the Museum. So right. <laughs> I didn't realise that was him. Yeah. Um, yes, I, I really like Olivia Coleman. Have done since Peep Show. And I can't think off the top of my head of all the things that she's been in. She has been in. She has been in a lot. And she's always great in all of them. Uh, yeah. Very stereotypically British. 
Yeah. But I think she she just plays that really well. Yeah, she's like the, the bumbling Brit, but in a better way than Hugh Grant, because Hugh Grant's too bumbling. Yeah, and too annoying and a bit too... Uh. And she's really charming, and she's just got a way about her that makes you really like her. Yeah. But... Her sort of emotional acting, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, everything she does with her face, you can really tell what she's mm. trying to convey. Yeah. It's nice to see her in a more serious role. There is, like, comedic elements to this show. Like, um, Helena Bone Carter plays Princess Margaret, yeah. who's always a little bit controversial. She's always doing things not the crown's way. It's a bit like Harry. Exactly. Well, this is what they pick up on on the second episode. They talk about how each king or queen has a... It's, they said something like it skips a generation, but they always have a sibling who's doing right. naughty things, basically, and they listed yeah. everyone. They have a black sheep. Exactly. So they listed everyone before the Queen, but then obviously there's Margaret, and then now we've got Harry, who yeah. gets into trouble sometimes, but he's charming and everyone likes him. I think you need that, though, with the royal family. Yeah. Uh, so you, you don't just think... Well, it's because they're not going to become the king or queen, so yeah. they're just like, I'm just going to enjoy... What I've got. So I really enjoyed the second episode where it is Princess Margaret going around to America. America and just like boozing and partying. But then she, uh, is it Johnson, the president? Yeah, yes. She meets. Johnson doesn't want to be a part. Allied with the UK. Yeah, he doesn't like Brits basically. So the Queen sends him an invite to come to the UK as like a gesture to get to know each other. Yeah. And they can't turn that down because it would look bad on them. So instead they go, well, why don't we invite Margaret since she's already here? Yeah. So it's a way of snubbing them without the public knowing that they've they been were, snubbed. But they were worried because she's... She's a firecracker. Yeah, she's she's a bit of a firecracker. <laughs> she likes to party. And she's the sort of complete opposite of what the, the, the Crown and like Buckingham Palace expect yeah. from someone over there representing England. Yeah. But she wins them over. And I think the whole sort of montage, well, sort of montage of them going to all these different places in America uh, with the photography... Fella, <laughs> a husband. <And> husband. <laughs> I just thoroughly really enjoyed like that, well, and just the style of it, all the fashion, all the cars they were in. Yeah, and it's very. I like watching things from that time, like all the cars, yeah, the sixties, and the music and stuff. So yeah, this series is based in like sixty. 60- so Johnson had just come into power yeah. after JFK got shot yeah. and they bring it up a few times I think that's also just to help you know exactly where you are because I didn't know who President Johnson I'd was I'd never heard of him but obviously I'd heard of JFK so yeah. he clearly came into power straight after episode 3 though I was about to say the third episode is extremely emotional and it's a subject I'd never heard of before yes um, but I think the way they approached it was really amazing so this this brings us back to our point before where we don't know a great deal about our history. Well, this happened 50 years history. ago. It was the 50th anniversary in 2016. Yeah. There was a, like a landslide. It was a mining incident in yeah. Aberfan in Wales. And like 112 kids died because it hit a school. Yeah, it was 160 people total, with yeah. the majority of them being children. Yeah, it's so sad to watch. Yeah. And you were reading... Yeah, I read uh, an article in The Guardian saying... That the producers invited a lot of the families who were affected, I- affected by the incident down to, to be extras be extras on the show. And the ones that took up the offer 
which I thought was really just heroic of them, were given counselling and support that they hadn't received 50 years previously. Yeah, so this is the first time they'd ever received sort of therapy to help with the... um, PTSD? PTSD. Yeah, I thought, what a beautiful, not tribute, but way of just just supporting those families. Like, they they wanted to tell the story, but they weren't sure how it happened. The main thing is um, there's a lot of controversy about the Queen not appearing. Because the, the Crown only shows up to hospitals. Yes. Um, they don't show up to disaster sites, but the Prime Minister at the time, Harold Wilson, um, was like, they want, to, they want to see your face, they want to be comforted. And she responds with, you want me to put on a show? And he went, I didn't say that. I said, I want you to go and comfort the people. Which I thought was a really like smart move on his part because yeah. previously the Tories have been in power and they've just been like, <laughs> I don't know about the Tories actually. Yeah, let's not get into politics. <laughs> Yeah, so episode three, it had this really sort of controversial story with a deeper backstory related to the Queen. Yeah, I cried all the way through that episode. We, we were both in tears. Yeah. The, it's shot incredibly well, the main part of the incident. It's really sad. It's devastating. Um, and really, like, sort of har- harrowing. Yeah. But also, it's it's a, a true story, which yeah. I didn't know about, and I now didn't. I do. And yeah. I think it's been done really well. The whole thing was built as a set um, out where they have the set for Buckingham Palace and mm. everything like that. Makes me... Well, I want to continue watching the series. Well, I think good. it's really good. And maybe I'll go back and watch series one, series two. I think you should because it's it's quite interesting. There's some episodes where nothing really happens, but right. um, I, re- I really enjoyed The Crown. Yeah, cool. The Crown. <laughs> <laughs> the Crown. Uh, so what else have we been watching? We've be we watched a couple of episodes of Nailed It. Did we finish Nailed It? Uh, there's one left. There's one left. It's Nailed It Holiday Edition. But the show like Nailed It, it's so easy to just put one on and then five episodes later yeah. you're still enjoying it. So do you it. want to explain what Nailed It is? Yeah, so Nailed It is basically a cooking show where they get... Ah, it's a baking show. Okay, Nailed It is a baking show <laughs> where they get three just amateur regular... Bakers. Yeah, amateur or regular people to not amateur people (laughs) amateur people yeah they're children jack (laughs) amateur bakers or regular people who come on the show uh, to try and win ten thousand dollars by baking things but the cakes that they ask them to bake are the most ridiculous impossible cakes to make in the period like the time that they they, get given it's there's two parts to it the first part is like a half an hour to an hour task where it's usually making something small, like a decorated cookie or, or like a donut. A donut. Yeah. And then the the second part, where it's like a two to three hour challenge, is where they're making a very like professionally it's made. It's usually like a three tiered cake with yeah. something going on on top of it. Sort of thing you'd see on Cake Boss. The show became a thing because on BuzzFeed and Pinterest, people were seeing all these amazing cakes being baked. Yeah. So they thought they'd try their hand at it and it'd always be yeah. awful. See, I didn't know that. Um. So, like, there's one that I can think of, which we can try and find and put in the show notes below, okay. of uh, a hedgehog cake, right. which is super cute. It's just like a brown cake with like uh, Maltese and nose, and it's got like flakes 
as like the spikes yeah but somebody <laughs> had built one and it was the most creepy thing but then they added you know them jelly teeth they like oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and put that it just looks terrifying but underneath each written nailed it because right. it it's a bad job so that's that's where it sort of it came from, from and then yeah. They decided to make a TV show and it's so entertaining. It is really and like actually, yeah. they have really good like celebrity judges because they've always got Jacques. Yeah, Jacques is a chocolatier, high trained chocolatier but it's from like, France. From and France. then they've got Nicole, and I think she's just like a comedic actress. Yeah, um, she's been in things like The Good Place, and that's all I know from. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like she's like the main host. She's the main host, uh, and Jacques is also the, a staple judge as well yeah he's always there and then they have, they have one like, celebrity that changes every week yeah and like they, they get people who's pretty good I think like Maya Rudolph and Jason not Jason Stakus Jason Manzukas. Jason Manzukas. Zukas Manzukas he's 40 <laughs> <laughs> so they did like a Hanukkah episode which is which is nice to reach out to Hanukkah and not just Christmas but they had like two regular people yeah and then the third guy was a celebrity which was paul Shear from the league okay but he was he was not very good but neither with the other people <laughs> so when you win the first round you usually win something quite impressive like pans or a kitchen aid yeah which you know impressive pans <laughs> i want a kitchen aid so bad <laughs> yeah it's a good up to like 600 pound yeah prize. like good prizes so Paul wins the first round, so he gets like eight gifts. Say it's eight, then he gets it's eight nine. gifts. Oh, it's nine. Because the it? jump is the last one. I don't know. <laughs> he gets lots of gifts, which which is great. But in my head, I was a bit like, he's a celebrity. He doesn't really need this stuff. Yeah. But then he went on to do the next round, and the other two guys were not very good. No, not at all. And, I mean, neither was he, but his tasted the best, and it did look the best. So he did end up winning Nailed It. Yep. But because of that, he was like, I don't need this money, so I am going to let you guys split the money. And he gave the $10,000. Between them. Between the two other contestants, yeah. as long as he got to keep the trophy. Yeah, that's fair Which, enough. I think it's like a really nice way of, of adding a celebrity into it. Well, yeah, it's because normally if there's a celebrity on a show or there's a celebrity version, it all goes to charity. charity. If he'd have given it to charity, I'd also be like, oh, what a great guy. It's unusual that they have just one celebrity out, yeah. of, out of three different people. But if you go on YouTube, yeah. they do do celebrity versions. Oh, so right. they've got two holiday shorts where they've released for, there's a Netflix original called Let Snow or something okay. like that. It's the girl from the new Sabrina. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. And then they had to build a gingerbread house out of waffles. Brilliant. Um, and then they've just done another one with that new show with Dennis Quaid. Oh, yeah, another one. I can't remember what yeah. it's called. It looks... Uh, something with the family? Y- yeah, it or looks like terrible. It's the new Netflix original, and it's got them actors as well. I've not watched that one yet, though. Uh, but it's got, like, Ashley Tisdale. Right. Um. Yeah, so Nailed It is it's essentially getting regular people to cook in a challenge that's set up to fail. Yeah, it's great. It's really funny. It makes you laugh out loud. It's definitely an easy one to binge. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. I saw today, uh, last week, we spoke about the toys that made us. Oh, yeah. And there's a show now called uh, Movies That Made Us. Oh, shut up, really? Yeah, so I think they're doing, like, well, obviously, they've got toys that made us, then there's movies that made us. Can you read out the blurb? Uh, Yeah, sure. So, these blockbusters brought us together and gave us the time of our lives. Meet the actors, directors, and industry insiders who made them happen. It's got to be Dirty Dancing. What's well, got to be Dirty Dancing? Because they said time of our lives, it's got to be Dirty Dancing. Oh, sorry. Well, yeah, episode one is um, Dirty, Dirty Dancing. Dancing. <laughs> 
So there's, they've got a bunch in there, Dirty Dancing, Home Alone, Ghostbusters and Die Hard makes up season one. This seems one. to do like all the seasons are in fours, don't they? Yeah. Well, the trailer yeah. for this uh, showed Dan Aykroyd. So they get... They get the, uh, oh, the, I really want to watch that. I don't big... know what that noise was. <laughs> <laughs> they, they bring in the big names for, uh, for these shows. Dan Aykroyd. Dan oh, I'm really excited. I really want to watch that. Okay. We'll, yeah, so watch, that that really this, we'll watch that this we'll week. We'll give that a go. We'll, we'll let you know our thoughts next yeah, so that's that's pretty much it from TV we've watched this week. Yeah, we've not watched tons of TV because no. I, I work in e-coms, so Black Friday has taken over my life this week. So, yeah. so not much TV? Nope. Yeah, so not a great deal of TV this week, but we have been to the cinema. Yeah, we treated ourselves. We went to go and see Frozen 2. I'll just give you like a quick description of Frozen 2, which I stole from IMDb. Anna, Elsa, Christoph, Olaf and Sven leave Arendelle to travel to an ancient autumn-bound forest of an enchanted land. They set out to find the origin of Elsa's powers in order to save their kingdom. Real? <laughs> that about sums it up. It does. Oh, well, we're done. Don't need to do All right, well, that was Frozen 2. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to take the lead on this one because I really want to talk about this. Okay. So, like, I'm going to start with the music. Yeah. I loved the soundtrack before. Like, I listened to it on repeat. I think I said it last week, didn't I? Yeah. But now I've seen it, I love it even more. The songs I didn't quite get and like. Now you've seen them in context. I now love them. Right. (laughs) So, Evan Rachel Wood is playing the mum this time around because the mum sings. When she sings, she sounds like a mixture of Adina Menzel and Kristen Bell, who play Anna and Elsa. Because, like, Kristen Bell is quite like squeaky and like cute sounding because she's yeah. little and then Adina Manzel's got this big powerful, powerful voice, voice yeah. and Evan Rachel Wood is like a nice mixture a of the two powerful squeak like <laughs> she is Stuart Little <laughs> she's Stuart Little oh no <laughs> the music's really beautiful throughout the whole thing like yeah well they've got a bit they've got a tough act to follow with Frozen, Frozen 1. 1 yeah so Into the Unknown is like really powerful and I do think it's better than Let It Go. Yeah. But then All Is Found is the song that Evan Rachel Wood sings right. to a kid. It's like a lullaby. Oh, that's... Okay, is that the, the main one that's throughout do, 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 the whole do, 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 film? Do, do, do. That yeah. That has the premise of the, the quest they go on. Do, 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 do. Yeah, it's really good and it's really pretty. When you're listening to the soundtrack, you don't realise that it's... If you listen to the words, there's a lot of messages yep. about what's going to happen. Yep in the lyrics but i just really love the soundtrack and i really enjoyed and i know you didn't like it at the time i don't know if you've changed your mind now but christoph solo it's an 80s power ballad yeah and i listened to it the first time on the soundtrack and i was like i think i said it on this podcast actually i said this is it's crap he's pretending to be the, the <laughs> he's pretending to be the reindeer and it's weird oh right and crap okay i love it so I, i've completely <laughs> done it so I said to you after the film that it was funny but I don't know why it was in there but Christoph in general all the post-film or pre-film interviews I've seen about Frozen 2 includes the actor that plays Christoph where when Frozen 1 came out it was all about Adina Menzel Kristen Bell and Josh Gad. Yeah. And now they seem to have added Kristoff into this. I think it's because people really liked Kristoff in the first one. I don't think right. they realise how much people like find him quite charming. So my point with this as well, similar to Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy, okay. he has a couple of funny lines in the first film, but he's 
I don't think that was the intention of the character. Yeah. And then after listening to Feedback. you know what people were saying, yeah. Drax was like mega funny in the second one because he had a lot more humorous lines. Yeah. And I think they've done the, a very similar thing with Kristoff in this. He was sort of a bit dorky in the first one. And yeah, he's still dorky in this. He's a funnier character in the second film. And I think it is based on, oh, we really liked him from the first one, similar to Drax. Let's let, yeah. let's bump up, double down on the humour for this character. Yeah, I really loved this movie. I actually prefer it to the first one. I uh, my first note I've made on Frozen Two is I preferred this one That's to the last the first one. First note I made. Oh, there you go. There's more of a sense of adventure, and I think it's mainly because the first one is setting up the characters. It's all about Elsa letting go <laughs> of her fears coming out and accepting who she is she's been given these powers but sort of wants to hide away yeah. from society afraid this, that they might hunt her down about embracing them yes but also trying to figure out why she has them and just trying to get a better understanding of them rather than fearing them and like not understanding them like this film's just about like learning about yourself and how yeah. to be happy and just yeah living with what you've got the, yeah exactly exactly um, the other thing as well, there doesn't seem to be as much hype behind Frozen 2. No, the thing is, when Frozen 1 came out, yeah. the first few weeks in the cinema, it did not do well. Right. It didn't do well. But then people saw it, and then they saw it again, yeah. and they saw it again, right. and kids became obsessed with it. Yeah. They didn't really need to hype it. People are going to go see this well, so Yeah, so this is the thing. It, it helped me enjoy it more. Like, I'm all, I'm all for a... a a film being popular and things being popular. Don't get me wrong, that's absolutely fine. What it bothers me is when you can't get away from it. But at the same time, when we were little, that was the Lion King right. to people our age. Right, okay. The Lion King was everywhere and rammed down everyone's throat. People yeah. were a bit over the Lion King. I think these days it's harder because we've got like social media and we go to the parks a lot. So like you, you see them everywhere. You're more, you're more aware of it when exactly. it's on your radar. This film answers any questions that you had from the first film. So, like, we got a good understanding of the parents, who they were, and what happened to them. And we get a a better understanding of Elsa's powers. Yeah. When the film ended, everyone, they they asked a lot of questions. Basically, it was a good story, but then everyone's like, but why did this not? It's like Beauty and the Beast. Right, so... People ask a lot of questions about Beauty and the Beast, and they tried to sort that out in the live action. Oh, I see, yeah. I, I don't think they did a good job there. But in this situation, I feel like they covered everything they needed to... And also tied it up so the story's over and we don't, we don't need any more. Oh, do you think they're not yeah. going to do a third one? Yeah. I think they tied it up nicely and they're just like, the end. So I listened to a podcast called the D23 Podcast, right. which is like the Disney fan club yeah. uh, podcast. And they had on the two directors of Frozen 2. And they were talking about the salamander, the little oh yeah, the little little guy that you see in oh. the trailers where she sprinkles snow, and he's like, mah, mah, mah. he was only meant to be in it for like a few seconds, but oh, when really? they did a test audience, the test audience really reacted to the salamander. I can't remember his name, but that's why they included. It doesn't really do anything, but they added more clips with him in. Right, so as a cute factor, Disneyland Paris is getting a frozen land. Yes. And is it is that going to be in any of the other parks as well? Japan. Right. So two. Oh, no, I'm not going to say Japan. I'm going to say Asia, an Asian. One park. of the Asian I'm not parks. Sure which okay, one now. so two out of the five parks is getting a frozen land. Yeah. That no, leads me to think that they won't end up frozen too, because this park hasn't even been built yet, and they've already made two films. Why wouldn't they make a third one 
just because to back up that area of the park. I think like we were talking about in the first episode, I think they're starting to feel the pressure from people with the overkill that they're putting on. Like Fantasyland in Walt Disney World, they've got a whole Beauty and the Beast section. Yeah. There's only one Beauty and the Beast film, technically. Like technically there's only one story. Yeah. They've got Enchanted Tales with Belle, they've got Be Our Guest, and they've got Gaston's Tavern and The Shop. The three major properties that the Walt Disney Company owns, yeah. Star Wars, Marvel and Disney, Disney itself. Or Pixar. Or Pixar. So, Star Wars, all the films and TV shows all exist within that cinematic universe or they're all in that same universe, cinema or TV or whatever. Marvel is exactly the same. It all exists in that universe unless it's a story outside of, yeah, in a different, not universe, can't think of the word, but, in, in, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, in like a parallel universe, yeah, yeah. sorry. The question is, is do all the Disney things live in the same space? Because we've seen like the Rapunzel in Frozen 1. Yeah. And wasn't it rumoured that Anna and Elsa's had a brother who could have been Tarzan? No. So the thing is, with Tarzan, his family were sort of shipwrecked on an island and they had a baby with them. Right. And when you look at the pictures of Tarzan's family, they look, they look a bit like Anna and Elsa's parents. So yes. I think that's why they addressed them and how they passed away. Right. In this film... To sort of put them rumors to bed, I think Rapunzel being in Arendelle was just a bit of a, an Easter egg. Right. Because sometimes, yeah. like in the Little Mermaid, you see Goofy and Mickey in yeah, the audience. Yeah, and like so when, when the kids like are playing with snow, they make a little Baymax. They do make and a like little, little Baymax and the Totoro. Yeah. So how how do they know about Baymax when it hasn't been invented? It's just thing. It's, it's just, just cute, a little yeah, Easter it's egg. Yeah, it's just a little an Easter egg. A Easter egg. Yeah. That laugh. I think. With Disney stories, they're all fairy tales, so yeah. they're not they're not unique stories like Pixar. Snow White is a story they've taken from another author. Yeah. Frozen was based on the Hans Christian Andersen Ice Queen. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So instead of tying all of these stories together in their own universe, universe. They're, they're just, just fairy tales. Retelling the story. Yeah, a fairy tale. Through animation. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, um, Pixar, on the other hand, rumours of them all being in the same universe and right. timeline and yeah. stuff like that. So. Mm. And that's why there's a Pizza Planet truck in all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, one thing we didn't point out last week, sorry, just oh, to yeah. dial that back really far, Lisa actually spotted on um, on Klaus's sleigh the numbers A113. Yeah, which, which is... is the classroom that a lot of Pixar animators went to in uni. Yeah. Or college. Art to, school, to learn. Is what they call it. <laughs> yeah, to learn animation, basically. So it's cool to see that number. Because you see it, it's in every single Pixar film. Yeah. So it's unusual to see it outside of a Pixar film. So it's nice that someone who's obviously been in that classroom has added that little nod to, yeah. to Klaus it, as well. It, it's sort of become like like a mark of respect, like a, I don't know, just a, a badge in itself, hasn't it? Like Yeah, it's just like a we were there sort of. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Um, all in all, I thought the film was funny, heartwarming, and very emotional. We both actually did had a little cry. Had a little cry. I laughed throughout. So in the first one, you know, Olaf is born, <laughs> made, and he's he's there, like, and he's got a, a bunch of funny lines, and you just sort of go along with it, and everything he says is funny. What I enjoyed about this one, and I think it ties in with the whole Kristoff playing on a comedy element as yeah. well. Is that he says a few things that are like really grown up or not breaking the fourth wall, but almost like he's talking directly to yeah. the viewer. So just one of the things I've got <laughs> uh, written down 
when the citizens of Arendelle get evacuated during an earthquake and they're all just stood by the edge of this mountain. There's two kids sitting around putting icicles in Olaf's face, making a beard for him. And he says, we're calling this controlling what you can when things feel out of control. And I think it's just a really like grown up line whilst he's sat whilst two kids are putting things That's in his face. That's what I really liked about Olaf this, this, in this film. film yeah. um, he, he says like he's more mature and he's gotten older. Yeah. He's learned to read. So he's been reading loads of facts and he keeps giving out really random facts. Oh yeah, yeah, So yeah. like I feel like they've dialed him down which is good because sometimes like Olaf could be too much. Yeah. And I think they've been picking up the parents and adults are a bit like okay that, that's enough now like yeah you've ruined him for me they made him really funny and well, I, I really enjoyed it yeah i i want to go see it again like, i'd um, like to see it again anna says what's the thing you always say olaf and he goes oh my theory about advancing technology is it is it's both our savior and our doom <laughs> and it's it's true to like the real world with like yeah. ai and everything like that and it's just stuff like that which like Aside from it just being daft things he says, there's all these little hidden gems within what he's saying. There's one he says about, I wonder how this forest is going to transform us all from when they go in to save the forest. And then when he leaves the forest later, he says, I still don't know what transformation is, but I think it really has changed us or something like that. And like, you really have to listen out for them because it's amongst all of the random stuff he says. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. I think the script's quite quite smart in this one. Like the first film, they didn't think it was going to do very well, and like I said before, it didn't do very well in the first few weeks. So I think this time they were like, we really need to capture everyone. Like parents hated us because of how obsessed kids got with the film. So I think this time they're like, we want to please everyone, and I think they did. I don't I don't know anybody who's disliked it. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I. Highly recommend going to see it if you enjoy yeah. a Disney film. No, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I watched it again. The Irishman. Oh, yeah. Or I The know. Irishman uh, came out on Netflix and also in select cinemas. So that's like a Martin Scorsese film. Yeah, so Martin Scorsese's latest film. It's uh, Robert De Niro recites all the goings on in a. Uh, gangster mob in Philadelphia. It's set throughout different decades, but mainly and the majority of the film's done between the 60s and 70s. It's really long at three and a half hours, which that's, that's a long, long film. It's a long film. film. When I saw it advertised, I thought Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci in a in a gangster movie. Yeah. All you're missing is Ray Liotta. You've got yourself <laughs> you've got yourself Goodfellas. It's the same director. It's a very similar vibe. And I thought I'm really excited because it's another mobster film and Goodfellas is brilliant. I actually yeah. rewatched it today. Oh, okay. So that you can compare. I could compare the two. Compare and contrast. As much as they both have similarities, they're all they're also both very different. very different, which I thought was really nice. Similarities, he's reciting the acts of a, a mobster in a narrative way. And it's very similar in The Irishman, uh, where instead of it being uh, Ray Liotta doing the narration, it's Robert De Niro, right? And it's very, very similar way. It's other similarities are Ray Liotta burns a bunch of uh, cars that are just someone local that they're just trying to get one over on, um, and also in the Irishman, Robert De Niro blows up a ton of taxis. So it's right. very similar in that way, right? Yeah. So that's that's one similarity. There's another thing where 
they everyone's sitting around in a bar or everyone's sitting around in a restaurant uh, between the two films in the irishman it it cuts to the person and brings up a little synopsis it gives you the the name um when they died and how they died right. so it might be like joey the head died 1977 got shot three times in an alley and it'll just come up in, in text on the screen right. for you to read where in Goodfellas, it'll be Ray Liotta's voice going, uh, this is uh, Doug the crew, who, well, I don't know, they've all got Stupid odd names. names. And it doesn't tell you how they die, but it just it's just the way it introduces them, the way it flows right. through the film. Both similar. Also, again, Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro as gangsters. Yeah, so I thought it was just going to be a typical mob film where it brings in the characters and then just shows you all the, the gangster stuff they get up to. But it... It was that, but so much more. It had a lot of a deeper political twist. Joe Pesci brings Robert De Niro through as a gangster, and it all starts off with the term painting houses, which doesn't actually mean going to paint houses. It means shooting someone in the face and painting the house with the blood. Not literally, but the way it sprays would be a good job for Dexter. De Niro proves his worth to the mob, and they send him to work for Al Pacino, who playing Jimmy Hoffa, who's the, the main political interest in the film. So it really has all these political ties. He's got several opponents who tend to get whacked throughout the film. Uh, one of the things I did like is the, the slang they use, all the gangster slang. Oh, I did another five years in school instead of doing time in prison. And when whenever they're on the phone, they never mention weapons. They just say, oh, have you got your friend with you? To say, oh, have you come armed? Have you got your gun? I thought Goodfellas was long at two and a half hours. Uh, the Irishman is a whopping three and a half hours long. I, I felt like it could be shortened, but also I would sit and sit through and watch it again, uh, try and find anything that I missed. Films usually are always better the second time round. One of the, the biggest flaws I, I thought about this film, though, was so they use this youngification technique throughout the film, mainly on Robert De Niro, who is pushing 80. Yeah, he's been around for a while. And, I mean, he's a fantastic actor. But they use CGI to make him look young. Yeah. And it, it it doesn't work. The CG is brilliant. And I don't know if that leads back to what we were saying a couple of weeks ago, where it looks great now. Right Will second. it look good in two, yeah. three years? But it, it did look great. But he wasn't he wasn't moving like a young person. Yeah, now he's they, moving like a 70-year-old. They premise it a little bit by saying that he was in the Vietnam War or maybe it wasn't Vietnam. He was in, he was in the army. He was in our, our war, might be yeah. World War Two. I don't know if they mentioned that he got an injury or anything like that, but he, yeah. he walks and moves a bit like, you know, in the first Batman where he couldn't move his turn his right. to the left and the right. <laughs> yeah. Sort of dead bulky. Stiff, and yeah. Dead stiff and he moves like... I just, I just don't know why. So in, in Goodfellas, they get um, a guy who looks like a young Ray Liotta. And when they transition to him 10 or so years later, you th- you go, oh, clearly that was the kid. Yeah. They look the same, same eyes. It was brilliant. But they didn't have, to, they didn't have a youngification then. And it works. The storytelling's there. I don't know why they couldn't have done that mm. with with De Niro. Yeah. Because surely it's not cheaper to, to, to get somebody to manufacture all of the cgi yeah i don't know i don't know surely it's cheaper to get an actor to do a few lines as a younger version possibly i mean they're probably just showing off a new technique yeah maybe maybe but i just thought they 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 could have just used a a younger actor maybe brought another actor through 
Anyway, Scorsese's brilliant at making mob and gangster films. This adds to his filmography. Is that a word? I don't know. <laughs> Just what he has already. Yeah. One of my favourite characters in it was uh, played by Stephen Graham. Uh, who's a, a, a local scouse lad. It's a local, local scouse lad. It's a local scouse lad. Yeah, he's, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, um, you might know him from like This Is England. B- Boardwalk Empire. Empire. Um, yes, but it, what was it just in that that one we like to watch called not Call of Duty, not Call of Duty, <laughs> Line of Duty, Line of Duty. Was it in Line of Duty? We've not seen that season yet. Oh it's right, in okay. Line of Duty, yeah. Yes. We need to catch up with that. So the the thing is with Stephen Graham is he can be in a bunch of like indie TV shows or just like BBC ITV things. Does he play an American? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Can so, he do an American accent? Or? He can do. Thing is, he can do a really good. He's just brilliant. I don't know what it is about <laughs> Stephen Graham, but everything he's in, I always think, oh, he's, he's in it. It's, it's gonna, gonna be, be fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. he's he plays a bit of a cheeky chappy in this. One of my favorite bits in the film is when the FBI come and arrest Stephen Graham, and they're all sitting around in Florida playing poker. Right. As they approach him, they're like, "Right, we're taking you in for this," and he goes, "Oh, can I at least not finish my hand first? So, like, the halfway through a game, like, yeah. no, get your stuff." And they're like, he sits and he smokes his cigar and has like a sip of his drink or whatever. He gets up and there's like five, six agents all surrounding him, just walking back to the yeah. car, sort of thing. And then he just, <laughs> he just, he like. Takes what two or three steps to pretend and run away, and then turns around and like shakes his finger at the FBI guy, just like cheeky chappy. But <laughs> I just thought, like, I was really hoping that's improvised because it's got that sort of scouse yeah. humor to it, which yeah. I just thought was 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 brilliant. So that was yeah, just a another thing I liked about the film. So yeah, highly recommend it. Okay, it's one of those things though, which I've seen a lot recently with all these like new. I'm going to call them streaming channels because the way we watch TV has changed yeah. drastically. Yeah. But there's now that many streaming services that they're, they're basically the new TV channel yeah. where you choose what to watch on but that channel. But we pay for each channel. <laughs> yeah. So what channel is it on? It's on Netflix. It's yeah. on Now TV. It's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Even Channel 4 now, it's still free to watch on all four. But you can pay £4 a month to not have adverts. Oh, yeah. ITV's been doing that for ages. Oh, right. So I didn't know that. Yeah. But it's even like BBC. BBC3 is online only. So, like, that's a whole channel on the BBC, which we pay TV licence for, that we can only watch on the internet. So, not only that, but then the films coming out on Netflix... They're also in the cinema. Yeah, it's weird. But I I, I like it because it's keeping cinemas alive. Yeah, because I do like going to the cinema. They're just so expensive. That's why we only go... Like, I really wanted to see Frozen the week, like the weekend it came out. Yeah. On, like, opening weekend. But it wasn't on a Meerkat. And those who don't know what Meerkat is, it's, um, like, an offer that you get in the UK if you go to comparethemarket.com and get an insurance quote. You can get... A year's a, worth a of year. two-for-one cinema tickets on, on a Tuesday, Tuesday or, Wednesday. or Wednesday. So we only go to the cinema on Tuesday and Wednesday where yeah. we can get buy one, get one free, essentially. And also, it's better when... Uh, we, we live in Liverpool... If you go to the cinema when there's a Liverpool game on, it's even it's quieter. It's so quiet. <laughs> it's so nice. <laughs> it's brilliant. Right, yeah, so that's The Irishman. Watch it. I won't. <laughs> it's three and a half hours, but it's yeah. definitely worth the watch. Do you know what? One thing we didn't do for Frozen 2, but we can do it now. Frozen mm. 2, how many stars? Five out of five. Five out of five? I know you like out your tens. So ten out of ten if I'm going to go by your star rating. But yeah? Yeah. I'd go, I want to go see it again. Good. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll get... I, I'll give Frozen 2 a 4.8. Wow, that's quite 
That's quite generous. I thought, well, no, it's not like a princess film kind of guy. Well, it had the like mythology behind it, yeah. which I really liked. No, I like the, the the way they give like little nods to the Norwegian culture, even though Arendelle technically isn't Norway. Yeah, it's a Norwegian story. Fair enough. The Irishman. What are you going to give out of five? <laughs> Based off everything I've just told you about it. Three. 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 Straight down the middle. Yeah. Not seen it, only heard what I've told you and watched the trailer. And I wouldn't watch it myself. Fair enough. So. It got a whole layover on IMDb. It was really annoying. Oh, really? Yeah. So it had a full layover everywhere, which was fine. Oh. But then on the actual page itself, you know, IMDb's got that dark overlay. They had red text. That's well, you, not... You can't see that. Not only me, but that is not oh. um, colour contrast friendly at all. So, IMDb. That's the most emo sort, colour contrast. Sort your accessibility out. The Irishman, though, I'll give it a four out of five. Wow, that's quite high. It didn't. Well, no, because it was, it was brilliant, but they didn't need the youngification. Mm. It didn't need to be three and a half hours long. Okay. They're my only reasons. Okay. Right. But my only thing with like, things like that is when I see a film that's just like celebrity, 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 you know, like big celebrities, I'm like, oh, they've got these big names because they don't feel confident with the script. Doctor Doolittle, the new Doctor Doolittle. You should see oh, the Hugh list Jackman? of cast. Is that Hugh members Jackman? on that? No, it's um, Robert Downey Jr. Oh yeah, no. Is that Disney? No, it's not Disney. It's Universal. Ah, uh, I think it had like. Oh, yeah, I will read the two. It's got Robert Downey Jr., Tom Holland, Emma Thompson, Selena Gomez, John Cena, me, 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 Ralph Fiennes, and Rami Malek. Malek. And that's only that's the. That's just like the Google search of the like eight actors on the carousel yeah. that you can see there's do you know when it's like you watch the trailer and it goes starring and there's all the names, names. It just did, yeah that was the trailer the trailer was just names it was like watching the credits <laughs> you know i found interesting is dr doolittle the first ever film that came out was yeah. 1967 and then we had the eddie murphy version in 1998 yeah and now we've got this one in 2020 yeah so that was 30 years different, 20 years different. So in 10, in ten years, years time, time, we'll have another Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> Whoa. And then we'll have to go back in time. And maybe it'll have like 50 big names in it. Because <sighs> apparently we can't make new films. Have you seen the trailer for Dr. Doolittle? I think we watched it together. It, it looked terrible. It looks... Terrible. Okay. Like, I love... A good kid's family film. I really enjoyed the Eddie Murphy one when I was little because it was just stupid and yeah, classic. But, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine anyone watches it anymore. But if this just looks... It looks like the um, that Oz one. Oz. Was it called Oz? Yeah, the one with um, James Franco. James Franco. Yeah. And Mila Kunis. Oh yeah. my god, it's so bad. That's what it reminds me of. We're coming at you this week with movie slogans. <gasps> so the aim of the game, I say out the slogan or catchphrase. Tagline yeah. of the film, and then Lisa has to guess what the film is. Okay. Number one, escape or die frying. What? Yep. Is it sausage party? It isn't sausage party. Okay. So on this, okay. in order to get these questions, I searched for just movie taglines, and it came up with typical Google search, 55 of the best, 27 of the best, 83 of the best. Mm-hmm. This was on all of them. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Escape or die frying? Escape or die frying. This also had a supporting one, which I think might have been in different areas. This ain't no chick flick. Wow, okay. Mm. So 
So I assume it's about hens. Right. Have I seen it? Yes. Is it chicken run? It's chicken run. Hey! <laughs> That's nice. such a weird tagline for chicken run. Honestly, I thought this was going to be... I don't want to be a pie. I don't, I don't like, like gravy. Yeah. I thought this was going to be a piece of piss. Trying to find all of these ones. That's but what I thought last week. <laughs> what what so you hard. think is the catch line to the film tends to just be a line from the film that's mo- yeah. most recognisable. Like Ferris Bueller is the, if you don't stop and look once around in exactly. a while, you might just miss something. Not the catch line. It could just be a random thing that has nothing to do with the film, like this one. If you hadn't have said that second slogan, I would have known. This is only one chicken film that's worth watching, isn't it? It isn't Chicken Little. Chicken Run, great film that's on every Christmas. It's fantastic. If you've never seen it, Mel Gibson's best work. Oh, I kept thinking George Clooney, but it is Mel Gibson, it's you're Mel right. Gibson. It's absolutely brilliant. Apart from Lethal What Women Want. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> and What Women Want. Who knows sexist. It's great. Right. Well, that's why they made What Men Want. Equality. Yeah. Both genders have. Anyway. <laughs> Question two. His story will touch you even though he can't. Bubble Boy. No. Oh, I'm really confident then. <laughs> His story will touch you, even though he can't. Yeah. Does he not have hands? He does have hands, okay. but he can't touch you with them. <gasps> oh, is it the Skittles man from the advert? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So That's such a dirty laugh. As, as, a, as a big big clue, they are hands. Mm. Or they're, <gasps> they're known as choked. hands. Edward says hands. <laughs> wow, you got so excited then. It is, it is Edward Scissorhands. His story will touch you even though he can. Oh, that's sad. Another, I hate that tagline. Another sort of Christmas film. It is, because he can chop up paper to look like snowflakes. And chop ice. He chops and ice. Hair. And Winona Ryder dances in it. Uh, yeah. She doesn't age. Yeah. She looks almost the same there. She's just got big eyes. Stranger Things. She's the, yeah. Yeah. But I'm not saying she's pretty, I'm just saying she doesn't age. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> number three. An epic of epic epicness. Lord of the Rings. No. However, that tends to coin the term epic. Yeah. No, this is a... I think it was like... Is it Sean... Is it... um, What's his name? Sean Peck? Simon Peck. Simon Peck. Oh, God. Is it Simon Peck film? No. It feels like it would be. Is it Seth Rogen? No. Okay. No. Is it a comedy? Yes. Okay. You said Mike then. Mike Myers? No. I didn't say Mike. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, you, um, An so, epic of epic epicness. Can I have a clue? Yeah, I have a clue. It's got Michael Sarah in it. You did say Mike! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scott Pilgrim. Yes, it is. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. An epic of epic epicness. I really hate that film. Really? Yeah, I really just Why? hate I just Oh, it's brilliant. Don't know. I just wanted it to be over. Oh. I, I've only seen it once, so maybe I'll send a bad mood, so maybe I'll give it another go, but as of this moment, I hated it. Let's give it another go, because okay. yeah, it's brilliant. Okay, number four. This, I think it's going to be a slightly tricky one. Okay. Number four. A lot can happen in the middle of nowhere. <gasps> oh. Oh. Have uh, I seen this film? You have seen the TV show. I'm not sure if you've seen the film. A lot can happen in the middle of nowhere. It's got William H. Macy in it. Shameless. No. <laughs> they didn't make a shameless film. After you know. Yet. Uh, William H. Macy. In the TV show or the movie? In the movie. <clears throat> I don't... I can't think of any William H. Macy movies. Okay. Apart from that uh, Lincoln Lawyer. It's not that. 
A lot can happen in the middle of nowhere. Mm. What kind of film is it, like genre? It is a thriller slash drama slash dark comedy. Oh, what can happen in the middle of nowhere? I don't know. Um, so, a couple more clues. It's got Steve Buscemi in it. Um, the, the, the blurb uh, for this film. Jerry Lundegaard's inept crime falls apart due to his and his henchmen's bungling and the persistent police work of the quite pregnant Marge Gunderson. Oh, okay. Um, is it... Oh, my gosh, what's it called? A. Oh, the uh, Martin Freeman. Yes, yes. Oh. Martin Freeman was in the TV show. And they all talk like that. They, they do. They all sound Not like, Irish. But they all sound Irish, but even though they're American. Yeah, they're from... Minnesota. 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 They're from above Wisconsin. What the? Oh, I'm dying to see A long Fortnite. time ago in a galaxy. Far, far away. Far go. Far go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Okay. Number five. Still, it's another tricky one. On this one, I'll allow you to swap it with one of the backups. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. So, question five. Only their mother can tell them apart. Parent No. But what are the parents? Twins. Twins. <laughs> I'll leave it for the <laughs> Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's why I put that one in, because I thought, that's... That's... Silly. So what? <laughs> that's brilliant. Only the mother can tell them about. stupid and silly at the yeah. same so time. So for those who haven't seen Twins, the twins are Danny DeVito... And Arnold Schwarzenegger. And Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I can definitely not tell I them apart. I can see a difference. I can't. Danny's got less hair. Ah, that's it, of course, yeah. All right, that's it, yeah. I want to hear the alternatives. You want to hear the alternatives? Yeah, yeah. Okay, if we play this again, we won't be able to use these. That sucks to be you. Okay, so there's two, okay. Fine, bonus round. He may be dead, but he's still the life of the party. Oh, he may be dead, but he's still the life of the party. Casper? No. Mm-hmm. Never seen it. Casper... Uh, catch line catchphrase is get an afterlife shut up that's, right. yeah. that's excellent <laughs> uh, have you seen it no oh but in most I can think of at least How I Met Your Mother where they take the piss out of it and I've seen it in other things and can't quite remember maybe Community he may be dead but he's still the life of the party we end up with Bernie yes so the actual we end up Bernie's the actual phrase is Bernie may be dead but he's still the life of the party Okay, round number two? Yeah. Bonus round number two? Bonus round number two. Bonus round number two. That wasn't being Irish. <laughs> L- love is in the hair. The viewer? No. That would have been really funny if I got that. Um, love is in the hair. Yes. Have I seen it? Yes. Love is in the hair. I think so. It's got Ben Stiller in it. Something about Mary. Yes. So I think, I think with this game... Yeah. ...is because the catchphrases are so vague... It's super hard. You tend to need a support. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think we'll go with phrase with so support. Include. We could we could do like phrase. Yeah. Is is three points. Support and clue is two points. Okay. And a third clue is one point. We'd also have to start doing points because That's I fine. didn't keep track at all. That's fine. We're we're learning. We're learning. We're learning. I think oh. I've got a good game for next time. Okay. Well, just to uh, just to uh, two things to tie this off. Okay. One of them is the worst tagline. Oh yes. Whilst also being the most brilliant tagline simultaneously. Uh, It's for a film called Day of the Dolphin. Oh, wow. I want to watch that. Uh, I think you want to watch it even more once you you hear the tagline. 
Unwittingly, he trained a dolphin to kill the President of the United States. Um, not what I thought that film would no, be about. <laughs> no, and uh, the second thing. So this is my this is my like my cool find of the week, oh. which I've not I've not had in a while because I don't find very very many. Cool You've not things. had in a while. Yeah, I don't yeah. find very many cool and very things. Many. Right. I would like you to give me a random word. Basket. Basket. Okay. So what this is is it's a slogan generator. Okay. So I type in the word basket. I generate some slogans, and already in in under a second, <laughs> I have generated one thousand and seventy six slogans containing basket. Okay. Number one, be young, have fun, drink basket. <laughs> Number two, it takes a tough man to make a tender basket. <laughs> Number three, life should taste as good as basket. <laughs> it just goes on. There's there's. I mean, as I said, there's thousands. Lip smacking, thirst quenching, ace tasting, motivating, good buzzing, cool taking, high walking, fast living, and a ever giving, cool fizzing basket. <laughs> and why is this a website? Uh, so this is a berlo.co.uk. I think it's like a, a marketing business helper, helper site. And it, I guess it's just to like inspire with all of these catchphrases. I mean, one of them, one of them I've just scrolled down to is pur, 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 pick up a basket. <laughs> okay, so they are, maybe they are actually like slogans of Possibly, and then they just change the word. Pick up a penguin, isn't it? Yeah, life should taste as good as basket. I've done that one. Up, up and away with basket. Nothing works better than a basket. Nothing works better than... Don't panic at all. Just like basket used to make. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go again? Okay. Toe snail. To- toe snail or toast nail? Toe snail. That didn't help. Which one? Toe snail. Toast. Toe. Toe snail. Toe. Toe snail. That's, that's two words, but we'll see what happens. It's a one word. No, I've done it as two. Okay. Okay. Generate slogans. My toe snail, <laughs> your toe snail, toe snail for all. Feel the raw, naked toe snail of the road. <laughs> <laughs> that would make me uncomfortable. Eight out of ten owners who expressed a preference said their cats preferred toast nail. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it definitely is. Um, maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's toast nail. <laughs> oh, I've ever told you I, I used to think that was maybe she's born with it. Maybe she's make believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well done other shampoo products available <laughs> washing machines live longer with toast nail yeah they do toast nail just what the doctor ordered <laughs> i've seen the future and it's toast nail shaped <laughs> oh god you'll wonder where the yellow went <laughs> when you brush your teeth with toast nail <laughs> you wonder where the yellow one <laughs> The ultimate toast nail machine. So easy. No wonder toast nail is number one. So yeah, that, that's my that's my find of the week. I don't have a find of the week. I didn't know we were doing this. Well, we do it. We do it every week. Come on, you're breaking my ball. You're breaking my balls. It's <laughs> <laughs> basically all good fellas is. I've never seen it. A bunch of guys walk into the room. Go, hey, why are you breaking my balls? You break my balls. Hey, Polly, why are you breaking my balls? Hey. Yeah. You wondered where the yellow gone. 
Oh, so <laughs> right, that was uh, that was that was the movie slogans game. Mm-hmm. We might come up with a nice fancy thing for it. You'll already know. You'll already know because you'll have heard it. Thank you for listening to episode three. Please subscribe and review. We're available wherever you get podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at PerfectCastPod. And you can email us at theperfectcastpod at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network. Thank you.